0: and welcome to board with video games the gaming podcast that strives the right balance of coverage for games you play on your table and on your television we're a proud member of the psvg podcast network and thrilled to be part of the dice tower network as well i am one of your hosts kyle hyman and joining me on this co-op adventure the guy who's just coming to from his
1: tryptophan
0: nap josh morboni how are you doing this evening
1: uh I'm good. I I feel like this is going to be jarring for people to see you trying to tone yourself uh, I know, because down. you don't have your <laughs> normal yeah. uh uh yeah. Your yeah I guess cadence.
0: we 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 did only talk about that on the uh uh bonus episode. So if you are a PS- yeah. uh, subscriber or a patron, I should say to PSVG, uh when we did our dollar cinema, I talked about how I have discovered that with the new way we're recording. Uh, I get too excited. Like I just, I, I can't handle. Um,
1: but it's just on your end, like my end when I get excited. It yeah, seems to be fine. fine, and so I, you got to figure your crap out, do, Kyle.
0: I well, I just see a new microphone is what yeah, it is do. at the end of the day. Which is funny though, because in the previous way that we recorded, like my microphone sounded really, really good. Yes. Um, but with this new way we're recording, my microphone just isn't. Uh. It, it whatever the the what we're using just doesn't pick up my microphone quite the same way um so before the first episode i had it like i usually did and it just was totally blown out the second episode i moved it back quite a bit um but then you could like hear the distance between like me and my microphone so <laughs> yeah. like things are like a little hollow and echoey uh so i am now returned my mic to the closed position but i'm trying to restrain myself as i talk to not blow out my microphone,
1: so hopefully you would not have to. So this is what we should do. Either Christmas <laughs> is coming, we should get a new microphone, or we should just use a different uh, recording.
0: <laughs> I know, but it's so much. E- this is so much easier, though, Josh. That's the big thing. And i I should get a new microphone. This is the same microphone that I've had since we started, like original PSVG, like back in twenty fifteen wow. or something. So I I'm due for a mic upgrade, and it is a really good microphone, uh, but it we- just is
1: figure this out what do we do josh if people are listening
0: no josh (laughs) increase
1: your patreon pledge
0: (laughs) josh i can i can probably just swing to get myself a new microphone so
1: i'm kidding um, mostly
0: (laughs) yeah well and it honestly wouldn't be a horrible idea for me to have a second one and have this as like the backup (laughs) so um we the partner and i were talking about christmas gifts so that's probably what i will ask for a a new microphone (laughs) um but because we were just talking before this too about how i'd like to have a boom arm so that i can like
1: Make yes, my we desk
0: a little more uh, usable, so so those will all be things. So yeah, so if I'm uh, a little more restrained, maybe that'll <laughs> appeal to some people. Maybe we'll get some listeners now who are like, this person isn't like so on edge, um, so or so over the top <laughs> uh, that they'll be a little more you know excited about listening. So I sure. promise, I'm mean, as passionate and excited about games. Just going to be a little more attempt to be a little more restrained when talking <laughs> about them, more professional <laughs> perhaps. Uh, you know. Only two hundred and fifteen episodes in and we're increasing the professionalism. Go us. Sure.
1: <laughs> uh
0: so Josh, I had some pregame stuff listed here for questions, yeah. but I'm just gonna I'm 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 gonna pivot. Uh pivot. because I'm supposed to ask you a question about meatloaf.
1: Pivot <laughs> Yeah.
0: <laughs> so what's this p- meatloaf situation? Well, what was going starts, on
1: here? It starts a little bit back. Uh when we had Jerry on, I told you that I wanted to talk about a anecdote. That I just, we just never got to because it was yes. not appropriate um, right. for the conversation. Not that it, just there wasn't a good timing for it. So, what I wanted to talk about was um, my, you know, my wife and I were talking about we had this recipe book. So, when we got married, we asked for people to, um, in the cards they gave us, they, I, we asked them to in, uh, include a recipe mm-hmm. as their like gift. Yeah, And then we would put them all together into a, a cookbook and like use those. And, and we just never did. So we have this thing of recipes just kind of hanging out. So we were talking about that and I was like, we should really just dive into those recipes and make something during the week, um, which spiraled into meatloaf, which was not part of the recipe book, but something she wanted to try with turkey. Cause she doesn't eat okay. beef. So I was like, okay, we'll find a turkey meatloaf recipe. Uh, and then my son, who's four, uh, actually wanted to help Ooh, make exciting. help make dinner. And I'm the only one who makes dinner. So I was like, yes, ha- let's have someone help me make dinner. So we did turkey meatloaf and mashed potatoes. So I had him help me make the turkey meatloaf. And he was very attentive. He held the measuring um, devices out for me as we did it. Um, I didn't let him get his hands dirty by mixing all the ingredients with the ground turkey. So I had him use a spoon, of course. Yeah. Um, so we made the meatloaf, we put it in the oven and then, um, uh, he was kind of helping me make the mashed potatoes and he wanted to use the, the peeler. And I was like, you know, it doesn't seem like a good idea, but yeah, I'll try to give yeah. him some tips. And I was giving him tips and he kept pulling it towards him and he kept putting his fingers so I was like, maybe a no smaller ant. potato will be better. You know, my wife was like, just let him try it. Like, you know, He needs to learn. I was like, okay. And then he immediately cut his finger with the potato.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, that sounds like what
1: would happen. And, and then he milked that for about four days, even though it wasn't a very bad cut. Um, right. But he, he's like, if he sees potatoes now, he's like, no, <laughs> I don't want to touch him. <laughs> so that being said, we did turkey meatloaf, and it was very good. She really enjoyed it. So. <clears throat> a week went by and i was you know um, out of ideas for for dinner for that upcoming saturday and i was like okay i'll do meatloaf again it seemed to be a hit i went to the market and they had buy one get one free meatloaf mix and it's ground it's oh crowns. no josh oh no so, josh so but it's it's beef pork and, and pork. veal yeah
0: yeah
1: so i was like oh, it's buy one get one free i'm going to pay twice as much for turkey now, it's important at this point in the story for me to tell people she is not opposed to eating beef because of animal cruelty or anything like that. She just says she doesn't like beef. That's just like I've seen her eat a beef hot dog before. She And whether she knew it or not, uh, she just says she doesn't like beef. She's very adamant about that.
0: Okay. So I okay.
1: made meatloaf that night using the meatloaf mix. And, I, you know, made everything the same, potatoes the same, meat left the same. And uh, but she started eating it and I said, how is it? She goes, it's really good. It's better. It's cooked better than the last time. And I was like, oh, good. Okay. I didn't say anything. I just said, okay. She ate the whole thing. <laughs> and then we were playing, uh, spoilers for what you're playing, we were playing Gloomhaven digitally. Uh, with, I was playing with uh, Lucas and, and Kevin. And I had mentioned this thing that I had kind of been feeling guilty about, and I was like, yeah. "Hey, should I tell her that this is what I did?" And they were like, "Yeah, I mean, she's not opposed to eating it on like like religious or like or animal cruelty grounds, right I was like, No, I would never do that to somebody. That would be a villain move." <laughs> And they're like, yeah, you should tell her she should be fine. So I was like, okay. So I told her at Thanksgiving and she was not <laughs> fine.
0: <laughs> oh, Josh. Oh,
1: she was Josh. pretty angry. <laughs> um, but she's still like, and even though she enjoyed it, she is unwilling to admit that at this point in time. So now I guess, now I have two meals for this week for for lunch because there's just two meals of of meatloaf sitting waiting to be eaten uh with mashed potatoes which are very good um so yeah uh i got her to admit she likes beef kind of (laughs) uh but am i proud of the way i went about it no (laughs) but i but that's what happened and i can't change that
0: you know Josh, you said that if you know you would never do it to someone who like it was for religious reasons or something like that because that would be like a villain move, yes, I feel like this is like the pre villain move like you're working <laughs> yourself up, yeah, you're working <laughs> yourself up to the villain move and just haven't quite gotten there yet, so this yeah. is you know the, the the first step towards becoming uh, becoming a villain,
1: Josh, sure, sure, well, I look forward to my future projects then. <laughs> <laughs> Next week is human meat. <laughs> oh. <laughs> human meatloaf. Sorry, should be more specific.
0: <laughs> uh, so have you know things recovered since Thanksgiving? Yeah, like- we're fine. Okay, we're
1: fine. I made it up to her on Thanksgiving night. <laughs> we're good. Uh. We're good. It's just you know one of those hiccups that you have in a marriage that you realize <laughs> you brought upon yourself, and you do your best to fix it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that might be one of the best stories you've ever told in this podcast Ash. oh okay
1: well that makes me feel bad about all the other stories i told. no, you. no
0: that I, I josh i think anyone would say that that is a great story a great <laughs> okay, story all right, all right. because that like that that is a scene from a movie a hundred percent where yeah. like you know you're you are learning about the characters early and then in this you know rom-com the guy is like at the supermarket and he's like uh i mean she they won't only care.
1: have meatloaf mix <laughs>
0: <laughs> right like that is like that scene so that is pretty great so well let's
1: start writing our movie we should start now before someone else takes this idea we should
0: we should uh building off that though uh how was thanksgiving i saw that you had quite the spread that you shared in the discord which was great <laughs> to see how, how yeah. was other, th- other than you know that incident uh how was your thanksgiving
1: thanksgiving this year was really good um I actually made a, like, a social media post about it because I was, like, uh, not realizing that that a good holiday was a, like, a realization of depression <laughs> and, mm-hmm. like, coming yeah. back after the holiday I was like, oh, yeah, this is where I was before. Yeah, and I know, like, holidays can be stressful for a lot of people and, um I think it was just really nice. It is kind of weird. Like my aunt has recently passed and she passed five years uh, to the day my uncle passed. Well, not to the day. She passed five years to the year my uncle passed, but he passed the week before Thanksgiving. And he was like such a huge um, staple for Thanksgiving, obviously, like him and my dad. Um, Maybe not obviously to people listening. But I know I talked about this before because, like, it was weird because uh, I was given his seat at the table, which it's only because I'm the oldest. Right. And I always figured it should go to one of his sons. Um, So I tried to be uh, aware and respectful of, like, this – it might sound cliche, but, like, this thing I've been gifted – uh, so, it, you know, in this year, this year was a little stressful because the kids are getting older and they're getting more defiant. So, uh, every year we say grace before dinner and, and they always jokingly make, like, make me do it. Cause I'm so uncomfortable doing it.
0: Oh, perfect.
1: um, and this year they did it without me. And I was so mad because I was like trying to get my kid to eat <laughs> or sit down. Mm. And then I just looked up and they had already done it. and I was like, what the heck? <laughs> but. Um, I know this is a very long winded answer to your question, but it was a great it was great. The day was great. Overall, we get to see everyone and the family, which doesn't happen every year, which is nice. And um you know, we get to spend time together and you know. But there's something I learned over the past two years with COVID is like uh not not even necessarily losing people to do this but not being able to see people is a really big like thing and and last year was very chaotic and nobody knew if it was safe or if they wanted to go or what should we do so um and i know we have all these variants coming out now that's going to (laughs) make the next few months even crazier but it felt nice to have this moment where everyone was kind of like there and, and happy and having fun Uh, how was your thanksgiving now i know that you guys typically do um and you don't have to spoil what you're playing but i know that thanksgiving is usually your board game and cooking holiday so how was it for you guys Uh, it
0: was good and you're right we this is one of the holidays that is just me and the partner we don't really go to family or anything like that for this holiday and that's just born out of uh, both of us for years and years working in university housing and she still does and Someone has to be on call and, you know, responsible still because, you know, there's still people who are living on campus and all that good stuff. So, uh, you know, it, for us, it's just that's kind of the way this holiday has always been. Uh, so, yeah, it was a lot of cooking, uh, a lot of board game playing, uh, a lot of cookie baking, all those good things. But it was, it was really good. It was really nice. Uh, you and I both kind of were talking earlier about dreading going back to work tomorrow yeah. uh, as we recorded on <laughs> Sunday night and the realization because I did work Monday, but I had the rest of the week off, which is unusual for me. I usually work, you know, Monday through Wednesday and just take the couple of days off. But it's I haven't had this amount of time off of work in a long time. Uh, So it was kind of weird. Uh, Friday morning, I woke up and I'm like, "Ah, there's still all this time. And this morning I woke up and I was like, oh, my gosh, I have to go back to work already. There's no
1: time left. (laughs) Yeah.
0: So but no, it was really, really good. And yeah, we'll talk about what we played and stuff here in a bit. But uh, overall, it was good. It it is a little weird because kind of like you had mentioned of, you know, anytime there's changes in your family, like obviously. For me now, even though, you know, we're coming up on almost a year since my dad passed away and like everything is now like the first Thanksgiving without the first, you know, everything without. Um, So for me, I was super worried about my mom and I was like, is this the year that we change things, you know, and and maybe we go somewhere or we go see my mom or something like that. Uh, But my sister stepped up and did a great job and, you know, made sure that she it was taken care of and and having a good time and with her grandkids and all that good stuff, which is, I think is really the most important thing at this point. So yeah. um, Yeah. But it was good. It was, we changed it up. We went with a uh, pork loin instead of doing Turkey or ham. Um, We, I will say Josh, very rarely. I I love to cook, but very, very rarely, even when I cook something well, am I like, Oh, this is perfect. Like there was nothing I would change. Josh, I crushed that pork loin. It was so good. <laughs> like I absolutely crushed it. Like nice. as it like I let it, after it rested as I was finishing the pan sauce, like I came back to cut it and I was like m- like my knife just like fell through it. It was like I was like, oh, this is gonna be so good. I'm so excited. And it was it was awesome. I was really, really proud of it. I thought I did it. I don't get too hyped about my food very often because I'm always like, oh, I could change this or that, but <laughs> man, I crushed that pork loin. It was so good.
1: <laughs> awesome. That's great. So, that's that's awesome
0: all right well hey let's you know transition to the actual show here and and get to talking about games so thanks so much for joining us this week everyone as always if you have any feedback questions or suggested topics hit us up at board with vg on twitter or check out all the awesome stuff over on the instagram also board with vg we're a proud part of PlayStation video games and psvg is on patreon we are thrilled with the support you have given us there thus far and if you'd like to monetarily support what we do you can find us there at patreon.com slash PSVG, just like Edwin Kahlo, Chris M, Devin Tias, Joe Wilson, Josh Barboni, Nick Creature, Paul Calicote, RJ Kern, Stephen Keller, Zach Adams, Michael Taylor, Trucker Sloth, and of course, Horse Girl69. Of course. But the most important thing <laughs> but the most <laughs> important thing is just that you listen and maybe share our show with someone who you think will enjoy it. We're also a member of the Dice Tower Podcast Network. So if you enjoy our conversations about board games and would like to dive deeper into that world, we encourage you to check out the Dice Tower podcast, as well as all the other members of the network. No matter what type of board games you enjoy, there's a podcast on the network that's right for you. So with that, in the long weekend, Josh, it looks like you had quite some time to play some <laughs> video games so and some yeah. board games. So uh, what have you been playing, sir?
1: Okay, well, I, I just looked at my calendar because I don't know why, because I did. Uh, so we're recording on the 28th, so I should say happy Hanukkah to our Jewish listeners. Um something I'm not usually uh very aware of, but I just started my calendar, so happy Hanukkah. The start of Hanukkah is at sundown tonight, which has already happened. Uh so uh let's what do we what should I jump into here? Well, let's start with um a quickie. Uh I got well, I started Horizon Zero down on the PC again. I shouldn't say started, continued, because I Um, I recently have traded in my Switch and my old phone and my old broken Joy-Cons, which GameStop will apparently give you $22 for, um, even though they don't care that they're broken. So I got myself something I've been waiting for for a while, which is a curved 4K monitor for my computer, um, which, uh, Coincidentally, is a tough gaming rig, which is by the people who make my desktop. <laughs> so, it actually works uh, pretty well. So, I jumped into Horizon, and actually, my son was interested. So, he sat on my lap while I killed some Robo dinosaurs in this widescreen glory, and it looked incredible. Um, so, actually, I, f- I think I'm going to do a full playthrough of Horizon on my PC uh, on this ultra-wide monitor because it's just very impressive to look
0: at and you got to get prepped for forbidden west which is coming out in just a couple
1: months (laughs) i know but like before it was delayed i was like do i want to play horizon again or am i going to be worried that i'm going to over like horizon myself so i don't want to play it too close to release if that makes sense
0: yeah i hear that
1: so we'll see we'll see how that works out um well let's keep it um inscription i told you i thought i was pretty much at the end and i just realized all i did was just uh open a new act and uh, the whole game changes again so all right uh, the game changes three times completely changes three times Excellent. and now i'm in a new phase i don't know how much longer i have now but i'm already stuck again <laughs> after i thought i was past what i was thinking so um this game continuously surprises me, and I would say I can't more highly recommend Inscription to anyone with a PC. Like, this is a must play game. Speaking of PC, I've been playing. We had our Gloomhaven PC night, and we lost both of the, the scenarios we were playing, but I think really just emboldened us to get better because uh, we weren't blown out. We, we were close to winning um, each game. So, uh we look forward to i think we're playing again every wednesday so hopefully we'll be playing wednesday uh so that was fun i'm continuing to play forza horizon five i'm really still enjoying it there's still a lot of content i'm still unlocking and um i'm just kind of loving that uh, i'm playing uh, playing more riders republic uh um on playstation that's a ton of fun still i really enjoy that as well i really i don't know if i told said this last week but I was finally put in a race where I had to be a giraffe, and it was the most annoying race that has ever <laughs> happened in the history of races. So, hopefully, that isn't forced on me too much more. But I did not like that. Um, Halo Infinite. Uh, Sean Capri over at, well, Sean Capri and We the Gamer Cast does Halo Saturdays. This will be the second Saturday I participate in Halo Infinite. Uh, Halo Infinite, they have a new game mode out currently uh might end tonight. Um where you can try to unlock that samurai armor, but basically it's a an event that is Team Slayer where the weapons are randomized every time you respawn. And Kyle and I played this actually together um for maybe an hour and then we joined up with uh Sean's crew for maybe another two hours after that. So we actually got a lot of good gaming time in for Halo Infinite and um I'll just reiterate what we said last week. Like it really feels like the Halo Three multiplayer. It feels good. It feels smooth. Uh even if we have, I have a tough game, I still enjoy it. So I'm not feeling like beaten down. Although sometimes Cal will say something to me like, Oh man, I don't have a great match. I went thirteen and ten and then I look at mine and I'm like seven and three or seven and sorry, seven and ten. And I'm like, Yeah, <laughs> And I didn't either. (laughs) Uh, But that just talks about our different play styles, I think. (laughs) Um, uh, I wanted to say, if you want to give me different homework at the end of this episode, you can. I played Death's Door and I really do not like it. Okay. Um, And I don't know if it's because of the hype where I was expecting something different, but honestly, to me, it feels like a um, cheap, oh, no, I don't want to slander it. It feels like a bad mix between Hades and Hyperlight Drifter. And I just, it may be a little bit of Bastion in there with more difficulty. Mm-hmm. I just really don't enjoy it. Um, I don't like the combat. I don't like, I don't know. I just don't like it. And I know that that's a me problem based off of uh, word of mouth for this game. Uh, so, we'll still we'll pop- like it.
0: <laughs> no, it's okay. That's that's totally fine. We'll pause right here then, uh because yeah. I I was actually going to ask you about our homework assignments. So because I've been thinking about it. So right now, Josh, what are games that you would still love to play prior to us deciding our favorites oh. for the year?
1: That's a good question. I think I need I need to put more time into Far Cry Six because as of right now, it's not even in my top ten. Right. But I've only put in four hours, three hours okay. into the game. I think maybe I would need to, if you want, I'll, I will happily look at a list Um, this week and maybe decide games I need to play that I want to play more.
0: So here's what your homework is then, is look at what you still want to play and just pick one of them and let me know what you're picking.
1: Okay. All right. I'll do so that.
0: So yeah, just think of something you still want to play before we do our... Favorites of the year, um, and let me know what you're putting down as the game you're going to play from your okay. still want to play list.
1: All right, cool, cool. I will do that. Okay, so to end off my whatcha plan, which is always long and probably boring to most people. <laughs> uh Oculus Quest had a Black Friday sale, which was I, I was surprised by. Unfortunately for me, like three of the games I just bought a week before that were on that sale. Um yeah. And including Darth Vader Immortal. So it was, it's $10 an episode. So I bought the first episode and then they released a bundle of all three for nine ninety eight. And I was like, Ugh, well, I guess I'm going to buy the bundle again, but just for the <laughs> episode two and three.
0: Well, that's okay. That's still less expensive.
1: Yes. But I did buy Star Wars Tales from the Galaxy's Edge, which is a game I was interested in checking out because it was their like full narrative VR game. Mm-hmm. And I started playing it and it is very good. I really like the story, and it does have a very minimal puzzles, but it has some pretty good shooting. It reminded me of that game you had me play on. PSVR, the shooter. What was it called?
0: I don't rem- remember the, which bi- one. The big
1: one, Blood, not Blood and Money. Oh, uh,
0: Blood and Truth.
1: Blood and Truth. It reminded me of yeah. that. Okay. At least as far as, like you pick things up and you put them onto your belt yeah. that's on you and you put your gun to your side. Um, so I play that. That's really good. I'll, I'll talk about that more in the future as I play it more, but really the thing I was saving for the end, which I really wanted to talk about, by the way, I brought my Oculus quest quest down for Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. And after the day, like I spent my whole day watching people play my VR, which was awesome. Actually, I had a great time watching people play the tutorial thing that comes with the oculus which is really good called first steps um but by the end of the day my brother bought an oculus quest um from my my referral link so we each got 30 bucks extra um because he just kind of saw he played my psvi when i had it and he saw like how much of an improvement it was um but at the end of the day ragnarok this is a game i want to talk about Ragnarok is a Viking rhythm music game where you're beating, you're on the front of a Viking boat, or the back, depending on your perspective. You're the one who's beating the drums to get the people to row the boat. As you row the boat, uh, 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 while you hit consecutive notes, your two hammers. Uh, amp up like Mjolnir. Like, they get a power. And once they're full, you hit a symbol on your left or your right or both at the same time. And it pre- it, it like um, does a nitro boost for your um, Vikings who are oaring. So it gives you a good speed boost. And the way you score it is by, by the end of the um, journey, at the end of the song, you either... Get to where you don't a bronze marker buoy, silver buoy, or gold buoy. Uh, and if you don't, then you don't. But the cool thing about this unlike Beat Saber is if you you can't fail, so you can keep playing the whole song. Even like this is a good way to practice, right? Because like my biggest frustration, well, I have a few frustrations with Beat Saber. One is you can immediately fail, and it can just be like demoralizing. But also sometimes. Um, I would have tracking problems with the the remotes. Uh, something that Ragnarok does, which is obviously by design, is you're doing drums. So your just hands are coming up and down constantly. You're not trying to do diagonals, lefts and rights. You're just banging your drums up and down. And as these, you have runestones coming down the map and you're slamming runestones, forging runestones into your drums. And that's how it works. The songs are all—they're Celtic or black metal. Um, they're just—it. There's points playing this game where I couldn't wipe the smile off my face for an hour. I killed the battery on my Oculus because I didn't want to stop playing, even though my legs were killing me. <laughs> it is probably the best VR game I've ever played. It is incredibly well done. I wouldn't say the graphics are kind of blow anything away. They're pretty like fine graphics, but you're so focused on hitting these beats and listening to the songs uh, that you don't really notice. Like I looked up at one point and there was a giant like um, blade like trap coming right in front of me. I didn't even realize there was traps in front of me. Uh, it's just incredible um, to witness and experience. So uh, I I put this posted this in the Discord. Like Ragnarok, if you have VR and it is on the platform that you have VR on, it is a must-buy, Kyle. This might be in my top five games of the year.
0: Okay. <laughs> that That is high praise. Yeah. So, really quick question for you. For your Quest 2, do you have just the headset or did you buy, like, the... Because I know you can get, like, the... Um, there's like the additional like adapter you can get for yeah. like to make it like more comfortable. Do you have all that or do you have just a headset? I have
1: that, you, yes.
0: Okay. Do you think that is a necessary purchase?
1: Yes. Okay. Um, so when you get the regular one, it's just by straps. But when you get the new one, it has the dial in the back, and it really makes it tighter. Okay. Um, I would say there is a detriment to it. It can you can make it too tight, and on the yeah. regular one as it comes, you can't. Um, so there is a, there is like, you got to be careful what you do, but, uh, yeah, I got the, they call it the ad, like advanced headset, uh, I think it's- where like this part here, I know Kyle can see it. This oh, is yeah. rubber that is the shape of the back of your head. This is a adjustment on the top where you can change based on the size of people's heads and then you just turn it to tighten it or loosen it.
0: So it's like a PSVR.
1: It's like the PSVR. Gotcha. But wireless. <laughs> yeah. No. I. I uh, yeah. Yeah. I will say but, that was yes. the one
0: thing about the PSU. The headset's very comfortable, but you're right. There. I mean, there's yeah. a lot of other drawbacks to it for sure.
1: Yeah. I mean the the two vi the two remotes that it comes with they only use one AA battery each to use. So you don't have to charge them. Um, you can buy the kit for the headset that comes with an extra battery if you want just for the headset. Um, there's a lot of options, but I'm I'm even though they just Basically Stealth announced like the Quest Pro. I'm still very happy with the Quest 2.
0: (sighs) Every time you talk about this, Josh. (laughs) It's now I'm now looking at it on Amazon.
1: Well, here's what I'll say to you. Um uh well I did it through Amazon, right? Through the payments. So I'm only paying 70 bucks a month for five months, which is pretty affordable for me. Um I was talking to my brother today about GameStop's crazy trade-in deals mm-hmm. he was like i have your xbox one like the regular xbox one right
0: 110
1: dollars trade-in
0: cash i'm assuming or cash trade.
1: or trade the same if you're a pro oh. if it's if you're not oh, a, pro, a pro it's, pro it's less yeah
0: I'm a pro
1: um member. they sell the oculus quest i gave up stuff you oh, do they, all, really? they give they're giving three hundred dollars for ps4s right now it's insane their trade-in values right now you got you got a, a Joy-Con with drift. Trade it in, twenty two bucks. They don't care. Um, oh, you got goodness. an old phone. I got one hundred and seventy dollars for my four year old phone. Hmm. Now's the time, people. And <laughs> I say people, well, I mean Kyle. <laughs> we'll see. We'll
0: see. I yeah, I don't know because I do have my now trade old
1: it in, Xbox in. One X.
0: <laughs> yeah. I could trade in and and get a. Hefty sum, I guess, knocked off that. So So you have
1: an Xbox series no, you have Xbox One X, right?
0: And Series X. I have both.
1: Well, you but you just got a series X, right?
0: Correct, yes.
1: So Xbox One X. Console. You have the black one, right? Yeah. Yes. One terabyte? Yes. Trade value. That's what we're looking up here. This is a great rate. Two hundred and seventy-five dollars.
0: Oh my goodness gracious!
1: <laughs> There's no reason for you to hang on to that.
0: <laughs> there really isn't.
1: <laughs> that's uh, the whole. That's the price of a whole Oculus.
0: Yeah, uh, I Which mean, you get the
1: one twenty-eight.
0: Yeah, I don't know if I'd want to get the one twenty-eight though.
1: No, you gotta get the two fifty-six. Yeah, I
0: was like, yeah,
1: <laughs> but you can get like thirty bucks for the controller.
0: Yeah. Well, I hmm, do. They take. Elite controllers.
1: Uh, you know what? They do, but they don't list it on their website, which is weird. That's a question that's that so for Donnie. <laughs> hmm.
0: Okay. Well, anyway, we don't need to discuss whether or not I'm going to get a, <laughs> an Oculus Quest 2. That'll be a conversation I have with the Well, with people the, listening might
1: be in the same group. They might be <laughs> yeah, in the same no, for area. Sure. Yeah,
0: because I, I was thinking about getting rid of my um 1X and my launch switch to get an OLED switch. Yeah. But maybe I would get an Oculus Quest
1: 2 instead. I got a very personal message. Greg, you have a PS4 that doesn't read discs. Trade it in at GameStop. (laughs) They don't check to see if it reads discs. And just get yourself some games. Okay, Kyle, what have you been playing? (laughs) I spent Uh, like forty minutes talking uh, about what I've been playing.
0: It definitely wasn't 40 minutes. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so what have I been playing? Obviously we talked about Halo Infinite. We played that together. I, I feel like I'm slightly turning the corner on Halo Infinite in the sense of I'm feel like I'm playing better uh overall. Yeah. And I I still have games here and there especially when we do like all swords and things like that where things really don't go Oh, That was well. a nightmare. Oh my gosh, that was so you <laughs> we doing that small of a map and it was like 20 like 12 on 12 or 13 on 13 or whatever it was. Yeah. Um that was ridiculous. Uh but for the most part I I feel like I've turned the corner as far as I am playing at a level I feel a, a little bit better about i i still have some quibble i still don't like the fact that like the other team just shows up with just like the red or blue around them that's still i really still struggle oh. with that <laughs> yeah. um and again i know that's maybe a me thing more than anything but i i definitely have like not shot at people cuz i didn't realize they were the enemy uh and so that's a a, a struggle i have a little bit uh the other thing is there're still some fights that i lose and i just don't know how that happened
1: um and you let that get to you more than most people well i I just and that's like
0: my biggest thing with shooters is like the consistency of like okay i broke their shield and i meleeed them why am i dead but they're not like i don't understand like what happened here like i heard their shield break uh and you know maybe there was a slight you know leg where they actually hit me and i never actually connected with them even though i heard the sound like that totally could be a thing um, but those are still, I have a few of those things that happen every once in a while. But for the most part, I, I'm feeling pretty good. I don't want to jump into ranked quite yet. But when we're playing quick play, I feel pretty good uh, going into, every, in most, into most firefights. I feel pretty confident in my ability to outduel my opponent um, most of the time. So I feel pretty good about it. It's, it's fun. Uh, it is still pretty bare bones. You know, I, I think that the, having this event right now shows like, hey, we are going to be doing things moving forward, which is great. Uh, it is good, though, that the gameplay is as good as it is because everything else around it is pretty minimal. <laughs> um, so hopefully they continue to add more because while I enjoy it, um, it I don't know how much I'm going to continue to play it by myself. Uh, but I will definitely jump in with like you and other people because I, I do have fun doing that. Uh, the other video game I've been playing is Death's Door, which Josh referred to a little bit ago and he was not a fan of. Um, I'm really enjoying this game so far. Uh, I'm probably about three and a half hours into it. I've beaten kind of like the first big boss and I'm on my way to the second, I guess, big boss. Um, it it does have some things that are a little quirky. Uh, there are parts of the combat that is a bit frustrating for me. Just the charge on everything uh, for your like powerful attacks feels long to me Mm. and i know there's you can upgrade it and all that stuff but that that does feel a little bit long uh there are some some things that i i feel like can i deflect this or can't i deflect this and is there a can i deflect everything or not everything and it doesn't seem like everything is always super um consistent with that and just Some timing on some hitboxes and things like that feel a little wonky from time to time. But overall, I'm really enjoying the game. I plan to keep playing it. Um, So I'm obviously enjoying it more than Josh is, but (laughs) I think the art is really pretty. I think it's a cool world that they've built. I like the music a lot. I think the music is very uh, chill and like kind of in the background, but definitely still does a good job of showing the tension that's there. Um, The games you chose to uh, highlight as the games that it feels like are... I can understand those connections but to me this feels like if 2d zeldas just continued to morph like that's what it really feels like to me it's like a little bit more advanced 2d zelda and as someone who loves link to the past like to me this feels like you know if link to the past just kept iterating and iterating this is kind of what they would get to it's kind of what it feels like to me so that's fair um yeah I'm enjoying death store so we'll keep going there And, and I feel like it's a game I might be able to finish in a reasonable amount of time which is for me, another reason, I'm, you know, i going to continue at it here. Uh, and then a couple of board games I played uh, over Thanksgiving. Uh, the first one is Baron Park or Barren Park. It, it is kind of interesting that they uh, translated this game to English, but didn't change the name. Right. <laughs> like it's still, it, which is just, it's just Bear Park, right? Like you're making a bear park. <laughs> uh, but the game is designed by Phil Walker Harding uh and i think the i think the one i have is by lookout it might be mayfair i don't even know anymore um lookout is part of mayfair though i think i can't remember with all these things but um yeah this is a little bit of a i shouldn't say older it's a 2017 game um but uh pretty straightforward um tile placement game where you uh, have you start with a four by four tile um that is the start of your par- of your bear park and on your turn Um, You place down a tile. You basically have like little tetraminos or Tetris pieces that are in different shapes and different sizes. Um, And you place them down on your board. And when you place them on your board, potentially they might cover um, little markers that are on your board. And whatever you cover with your piece indicates the type of pieces that you can then pick up from the communal center board. Um so if you pick up like a green wheelbarrow it means you get to pick up a green space if you pick up a cement truck it means you can pick up like a group of a little bit more elaborate buildings in the center or the green spaces and then there's like an orange like construction digger and if you pick that up you can pick up the most advanced pieces or either of the either two. So really all you're doing on your turn is trying to kind of figure out um what piece you want to what piece you want to place where you want to place it and as a result what pieces you want to pick up from that the important thing to note though is that after you set your first piece every piece after that has to be set adjacent Mm. to one of your current pieces
1: like i love cats
0: yeah similar absolutely there is one other group that you can cover cover up and it's a group of working workers who are like um doing Oh, I can't remember what the t- official term is it for it. But when they're like grading and things like that, and they're kind of checking out, surveying. That's what they're doing. They're, they're surveying. Um, and if you pick that up, you can pick up a new 4x4 grid to add onto your park. Uh, the game ends when one player has fi- completely filled four by 4 grids. So you start with one, you add three on, and once all four of them are completely filled, uh, everybody takes one more turn, highest points win, Um, And the different pieces that you pick up, the different tetraminos that you pick up are worth different values. Uh, There are also optional objectives in the game that might be like uh, that these rotate, that you pick three randomly at the start of the game uh, that are like have the most green space or have three connecting river pieces or something like that. Uh, And the first person to do those gets the most points. The second person gets like fewer points, kind of pretty typical of what you'd expect for a kind of a, a. those optional objectives that they work in most games um so overall a really light game um a really quick game um for two players it was 20 to 30 minutes to to play oh, the nice. entire game it's really really fast <clears throat> um and it's really really well balanced we played the game three times um and the between my partner and i the highest score we got was like 103 and the lowest score we ever got was 95 so really, the game is pretty well balanced as far as um, how you kind of want to approach it, how you kind of want to work through things. Um, and if you're looking for a light uh, tile placement game in the vein of, yeah, like if you like um, Isle of Cats or if you like something like um, Castles of Mad King Ludwig mm-hmm. or New York 1901 or something in that, and you're looking just kind of for a really light, quick fast version of it that's super easy to teach. Yeah. Um I th- I think this is a good pick. Uh it's really inexpensive too. Um might be eh, it's about $40 I think, but there are a lot of pieces in the box. Uh and it plays up to four players. I think it probably is pr- best with four players. It's good with two, but I think mm. it probably would play best with four. Um but yeah, like I said, I really enjoyed it on um, the quality of the pieces in the box are really nice. Um it's really thick heavy-duty cardboard. The art is good. It looks really nice. Um, yeah so it and the nice thing about baron park too is it is available at most major retailers as well so it's not mm. a game that you have to necessarily go to i um, especially a retailer to get um, but obviously if you can and have a good friendly local game store you want to support um, obviously go ahead and do that so that's baron park i recommend it like i said it's it's light um, but it's really fun if you're looking for kind of a quick little tile placement game it, it's a good it's good fun nice the other game that we played
1: <laughs> is
0: about as different from Baron Park as you I can get, <laughs> uh, and that is, and that is Fields of Arl or Fields of Arla, depending on who you who you hear pronounce it. Uh, this game was um, designed by Uwe Rosenberg, came out in 2014, um, and the cool thing about this is that it is a one or two player only game. So this game is um, in the typical. Minutia of of what Uwe rosenberg games are which is um honestly kind of straightforward like what you do but just a ton of decisions like for what you're going to do um so josh one thing that surprised me is that like i said this is a two-player maximum game there are six game boards in this game josh there are two individual game boards for each player and then two communal game boards so you each have two boards And then there's two additional boards that are in the center of the table. So there's six total boards on the table.
1: It sounds like that game I sent you a (laughs) Twitter alert for that went on sale on Black Friday, Dinosaur Island.
0: Yeah, which I have Dinosaur Island. I just haven't played it. Oh, do you? I didn't even know you had it. it. I just haven't (laughs) played it. Yeah. But I appreciate it nonetheless. So yeah, so there are six six, um, boards. Uh, You have four that you're kind of working on. Um, And this game is actually... um, I guess kind of based off of Uwe Rosenberg's upbringing because he grew up like in a farming town. Um, So this is really similar to that. And what you are doing is uh, basically kind of maintaining uh, your farm and that you can um, one of your boards is kind of like your main board for your farm where you can add additional fields and you can add additional livestock and you can add buildings and all these things to it. But, of course, with how Uwe Rosenberg does everything, it's like, yeah, this game is simple because all you do is you take – the game starts in spring, and you take four spring actions, and then you do some inventorying, and then it goes to winter, and you take four winter actions, and then it goes to inventory, and then you're back to spring, and you're doing – and, like, that's really all it is. Like, that's all that you're doing. But, of course, (laughs) it's never quite that simple uh, because, like, you're like, okay, well, I have this board that's my farm, but I also have to, like, manage – the water, So I have to build these dikes to push back water to get more farm space for me. And then I have um, parts that are bogs that I then have to dry out. And then once I dry <laughs> them out, I have to like get these cuttings from it. And then once I get enough cuttings from it, I can remove those pieces and that gives me more places to build on. But also in addition to that, I have this barn. And in this barn, I have different wagons and plows and peat boats. And I can take those and load goods into those and deliver them to towns. And when I deliver those to towns, I get like it sounds it like gets- so much fun it actually really is really fun <laughs> the job like said,
1: simulator the board game
0: <laughs> yeah and what's really like i said it, it really is as straightforward as you have spring and summer and after that you kind of do an inventorying where you have to like feed your people and like all that stuff and then you have winter and after you do your four winter actions you then have to feed your people and stuff and then it's five springs and four winters so nine total seasons that you play where the game is compl- complicated. Is that in spring? Well, let me back up. There are a total of, complicated. Yet <laughs> there are a total of thirty different actions you can take, oh, but gosh. only fifteen of them can you take in any season. So really, there's only ever fifteen actions you can take. The problem is, is that you can
1: you can earn points oh, only fifteen different <laughs> actions only fifteen you actions. Can take.
0: <laughs> but if you take it when you're in spring. You can take a winter action. One person can take a winter action, uh, but then that just means that they don't get to go first in the winter. Um, So one person theoretically is picking between 30 items, but you're for the most part only picking between 15 items of what you're going to do. (laughs) But you have to pick like, do you want to go the route of like um, getting as many like animals as you can and using and going that route? Or do you want to go the route of like trading as many goods as you can? So then you have to like think about like what tools you need to get, how high quality of tools and then, you know what vehicles do you need to deliver those to and is it worth it like to get the big vehicles because you have to like sacrifice animals because like they can't like <laughs> work the fields anymore since they're delivering things and it's it's super super complex it's super in depth our first play <clears throat> took
1: five hours oh um <laughs> oh hold on hold on uh, <laughs> yeah i just want you, I'm I'm assuming you were the one who had to learn the rules to play this game.
0: Yes, I did. Okay,
1: so I just want to give you credit where credit is due. Congratulations Thanks. on getting past that. Thanks.
0: <laughs> but go on. Yeah. Oh, first okay.
1: oh, first gameplay, five hours. Yeah, so, yeah, so the first gameplay,
0: but second time,
1: two. You came back for more.
0: Yeah, but and the second time only took like two to two and a half. Oh, so the first good. time very much is like.
1: You can play learning <laughs> and
0: understanding like what all of like the um like every single action that you can take has you know like little th- why am i why can i not think of anything tonight you've um, been but thinking there's different, of, like
1: you've been nailing it so <laughs> yeah okay. there's
0: different icon, there's different icons for every action so really yeah. the first gameplay is like thinking trying to learn like what all of those icons mean sure and since there sure. are so many different actions that you have to do like or could do like it takes time to kind of sort through and think through, like what is the best sequence of things because realistically like in your first turn you're starting to set up things you're going to do on your like in your first season you're setting up things you're going to do in your fifth season so you really have to start thinking through (laughs) yeah (laughs) all of these things um and that's why it takes so long the first time but then once you start to like get it down i think we will when we play this it will regularly be two to two and a half hours moving forward when we play it so um also though very balanced like when we played this game um the couple times we played it like our we were within like six points of each other
1: that's good that's like
0: so so realistically like still super super balanced for all of the decisions and all the different routes you can take and we both went totally different routes as far as like how we were going to do things sure. and I did totally different things like the first game I like invested big 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 into buildings and the second game I was like all about goods and like still both I was equally competitive both ways have to make totally different decisions and play in a completely different way uh, but you're it's still viable mm-hmm. um so yeah I, like i said you know if you're into drying out bogs to harvest some peat um <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what you do in the game uh fields of arl might be for you it, on the board game geek rating scale um barren park which i talked about is a yeah. 1.64 out of 5 uh fields of arl is a 3.88 um, difficulty you're talking about difficulty yeah, yeah for the weight of the game um it is number 66 overall though on the board game geek rankings Whoa. so it, it is field of Arles is a well-loved game it is a very good game but it is a game that is like you have to enjoy like heavy heavy games it technically is point zero one heavier than gloomhaven is so
1: Hey, hey, that's not, it's not a competition. I'm not no, arguing I that I, I, Gloomhaven I is just, difficult. <laughs> I was
0: just saying that Gloomhaven overall is a very complex game as well with a lot of movie parts. So if you, if you enjoy Gloomhaven, Josh, with all of its movie parts... You know, And if you wanted bog,
1: something more difficult...
0: <laughs> I'm just saying, if you, instead of wanting to hunt down monsters, wanted to dry out some bogs and harvest some peat, this game might be True. an option for you. Yeah,
1: I get, I 100% understand what you mean. In fact, I think we should com- we should combine this game with Wingspan and you can only... Uh, put down birds that are water, water landing oh, birds. Oh, that would be good. That would be good. <laughs> water nesting good. birds. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, but I, I really do enjoy this, and um, one of the big reasons I was excited about this game is that yes, it is complicated, obviously, but um, you know, a lot of Uwe Rosenberg's other games that I, I do really like. Um, when you think of things like a Feast for Odin or Caverna Lahav, things like that, like. There's just a ton of work to set up when it's that and not that this game is an easy setup, but that there's no you don't have to figure anything out as far as like, well, if we're only using two players. Like, how much stuff do we need? Because you just know you just need it. So you can just set everything out and just go. Um, so, it, you know, like I said, there's six boards. There's a lot of stuff, um, but uh, it is pretty fun. Like I said, if you're if you're wanting to try out a super heavy game. Um, I recommend it. It is fun. There's a lot of crunchy, thoughtful decisions to make. Um, but the game's definitely not for everyone. So, was this like, one of the
1: games you got on the Target sale? It
0: was, yes. Okay.
1: Did you know there's an expansion?
0: I did know there's an expansion. Yes, it's
1: on sale on Game. There, it's for thirty one bucks.
0: Oh, is it really? Oh, yeah. Man. Team
1: trade expansion oh
0: boy well i'll mark Add that a couple for hours later. to your gameplay <laughs> yeah exactly exactly so okay so with that then we'll move on to our topics of the show uh josh what's your first topic this week
1: oh hey um did you know it's not only richard garfield creating new card games are you sure no i'm not sure it is only richard garfield creating new card games in fact there's a new game it is called Mindbug. First contact. Of course, Magic Gathering creator has co designed a new card game. Uh, this is from dicebreaker.com. Take control of opponents' creatures and turn them against their owners in Mindbug. A new card game co designed by the creator of Magic the Gathering, Richard Garfield. It's a game for two players where you um, compete against each other using a deck filled with different kinds of monsters. Hey, does this sound familiar to this any KeyForge Forge players? <laughs> uh, such as strange hybrids like Snail Hydra, which makes sense, or Kangasaurus Rex, totally makes sense. Besides the monsters, players will also have access to the mind to mind bug cards, which enable them to take control of an opponent's creature whenever they play them, potentially shifting the flow of gameplay to their advantage. Unlike in many other card games, players do not construct their own decks. Rather they both share a deck that is pre-generated. This is like a you know uh, that <laughs> that features certain uh creatures. Players begin the game by drawing five cards from the deck, which is made up of ten cards total uh, alongside two mind bug cards. Turns and proceed with players laying down cards and activating their abilities. Playing or activating cards does not cost any resources and there are no mechanics around ramping a play such as mana in Magic the Gathering. Different creatures will have different effects that trigger when players let them down, as well as abilities that trigger when players want them. So uh, this is on Kickstarter. Um, now, I'm going to read something from Kickstarter, and I apologize if this like, basically says what I just read from Dicebreaker. I'm not sure if they took it from the Kickstarter or not. Uh, I do want to say Mindbog First Contact, which is currently in Kickstarter, which I am currently backing, by the way, um, on our goal of $5,600, it's at $135,000. So they hit their goal. (laughs) It's 12 days left, so 10 days by the time you hear this. Um, So this is the Kickstarter's definition. The excitement of trading card games distilled into a single box. Sounds like they got this into people's hands really early. Even Board Game Geeks started giving it an 8.4. They got a review from Tom Vassell already. <clears throat> but basically, they say it's easy to play. We distilled the most exciting elements of strategy card game and removed everything else. As a result, the core rules of Mindbug are simple and easy to learn. In addition, there's basically no setup time, which is a big bonus. Based off what we've been talking about for the past couple of months, just shuffle the shared deck and you're good to go. Uh, that was an easy to play. Genuinely fair. There are no randomized packs with mind bug. There is no unfair advantage to pay to win. Sorry. There's no unfair advantage or pay to win. Uh, you won't lose games because of bad luck, which means you'll lose games because you suck. (laughs) And I added that part in. Uh, without our unique, uh, with our unique mind bug uh, mechanic, it is up to you to outsmart your opponent to gain an advantage from the game. Surprisingly deep. Don't get fooled by its elegance and simplicity. Tactical decisions are always challenging and unsurprisingly deep. Play any creature, anytime, without the constraint of resource costs. Your decisions drive every part of the game. And alas, but certainly not least, always exciting. We achieved simplicity by making all creatures in Mindbug insanely powerful. (laughs) There are no weak cards in this game. Each card can basically win the game which really just makes me so curious. Um, The result is an incredible game that is packed in action and uh, exciting decisions. The review from Tom Vassals he said, quote, I feel it feels like a microcosm of Magic the Gathering, but it has a very different feel to it. It is interesting and it is unique. I'm pretty impressed, end quote, Tom Vassil. So this is a game where you can see much more information about the game if you're interested to check it out i'm in at the pioneer pledge which is 29 us dollars so it's more than the basic pledge the basic pledge is 17 us dollars to actually get the game pretty affordable um i think i really just backed it based on i'm intrigued by what this game could be uh so what about what what do you think about this do you have any interest in this at all
0: uh i set it as a remind me uh yeah. so we'll see there's still 12 days to go as a recording so about 10 days yeah. to go when this episode posts this does seem Richard Garfield has talked a lot about how I don't know if he regrets, you know, that he created the collectible (laughs) card genre, uh, but he has talked a lot about how he doesn't seem to be a fan of that and that he really wants to ensure that when someone participates, like buys one of his games or something like that, that they have everything they need or every card they need to be able to play that game moving forward. And I think at looking at all of his projects he's done recently, you really see that coming through. Uh, I am I, w- I, pl- I had mentioned like in passing the other day that I, I had played Love Letter again for the first time in a really long time. And obviously, I'm not saying this game is anything like Love Letter. But what I was thinking about when I was playing Love Letter is, goodness gracious, it's amazing how much fun this game is for a 16 card total game. Cause there's only 16 cards in Love Letter. And I was really wondering, like, what it would take to have another game come out that could be as streamlined as that, that would deliver as much fun. Uh, And my bug seems like it might have the opportunity to do that. Um, You know, it sounds like, you know, you're all drawing from the same deck of cards. And so you each get, it sounds like in reading this, five cards for your hand and then five cards for your deck. Mm -hmm. Um, But you all drew from the same, like, 28 cards to start to get that or whatever it is like seems pretty cool um it, it does seem like really straightforward is that the way you win is you just attack your opponent three times and then congratulations you won yeah. <laughs> uh, so it's the first to attack three times so it seems like and maybe i'm wrong that going first would be a big deal but maybe there is no first per se like i don't know um yeah i'm, I'm definitely interested i i once we're done with the podcast i'll probably watch a couple of these videos just to learn more uh, but definitely, you know, anytime Richard Garfield's name is attached to a card game as someone who played a ton of Magic back in the day, um, obviously I'm interested. So so we'll see. Definitely interested at least in seeing where this goes.
1: Nice. Cool, cool. Well, that's it for Mindbug. But check it out. It's on Kickstarter. Uh, if you're interested, there's uh, over 3,700 backers. So Awesome. Join the club. <laughs>
0: All right, Josh. My first story is too short, or my first topic is two short stories. Uh, The first one, I just want to get... Both of them, I just really want to get reactions from you. Yeah. Um, So the first one is a report coming out that um, Amazon Studios is going to develop a mass effect television show. Now, Josh... Hmm. You were the resident Mass Effect expert on the podcast. You were the person who guaranteed me Mass Effect Andromeda (laughs) would be game of the year the year it came out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, They almost
1: made me not like Bioware anymore.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, What is your excitement level for a Mass Effect television show? And if it does come to pass, what would you like? How would what would you want it to like follow the Normandy and Shepard? Like, what would you want it to be?
1: uh tv series makes way more sense than a movie which is something that we've been promised by bioware for 10 years now yeah um in fact the first panel i saw at pax on east was a bioware panel where they talked about they dropped the thing at the end we're like, and we have a movie in development <laughs> and i'm like everyone oh, everyone's like what uh tv series makes way more sense nowadays because the budget is there for tv series uh and they can tell a better story Here's what I think. If they did Mass Effect movie, it would be Andromeda. If they did Mass Effect TV series, it can be Mass Effect. Two very different versions of Mass Effect. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, what was your second question? I think that I do. My first, my answer to your first question is yes, I do want a Mass Effect TV show.
0: So my second question then is if you were the person who was going to pitch the show, you had any creative control over the show, yeah. Like what would you want to explore? What would you want it to follow? Like what would you want from do you want it to cover c- content you already know from a do you want it to cover new? Because obviously in the Mass Effect universe, there's tons of stories to tell. Yeah. Like what stories would you want the show to tell?
1: Honestly, this would be my pitch. It would be a combination of Mass Effect trilogy and Andromeda. So when you play Andromeda, you are, uh, you pick your character's gender. So you pick male or female, but you will always be a twin and you'll always be the son or daughter of this um, notable um, soldier or Pathfinder, if you will. Uh, but I don't want, I mean, if you didn't play Mass Effect, you don't know what that means. I would make a TV show about Shepard. However, uh, the show would be about twin Shepherds, fem Shep and male Shep, and it would pick off there. You don't need to know who the father is in that case. Where Andromeda, I think it is important. But I think if I'm doing Mass Effect TV show, you're twins. You join the academy. You have a past that. You're always able to decide in the games, but obviously the showrunners would pick. Uh, maybe Corey Hudson decides to actually do something positive with Mass Effect and joins the show. Um, and you have the story of Twin Shepherds. They both decide to join uh, the military. It's in the future, so they don't veto only kids joining at the same time, which is the Sullivan rule now in modern military. Um, and yeah, we would follow each character individually and I would not put them together. They would have their own missions and maybe they do every other episode or they do one episode for male shepherd, two episodes for female, one for male. They go back and forth, keeping them separate. Maybe they meet up on season, episode 12 of season one, and then they go their separate ways again. But really what I would do is. Is give people what they want. They want male shepherd. They want female shepherd. And you make the TV show so diverse that it's basically like two TV shows at the same time. And that's how, that's how I would write the basis of a Mass Effect show
0: uh i don't think casey hudson's coming back anytime soon i say cory <laughs> like, hudson I you, did, casey you did say cory hudson but i don't <laughs> like,
1: think i combined you know, god of war and mass effect
0: <laughs> uh, that is something i would watch um but yeah i think you know kratos like, <laughs> in space <laughs> now that casey hudson has you know left bioware again i, I don't think he's he's coming which back. isn't
1: surprising at this point since every creative person who ever worked at bioware has now left including the recent dragon age departure
0: <laughs> yeah right um <laughs> Do you have confidence in no. Amazon's, okay, <laughs> well, because my next question was going to be, you know, obviously The Expanse is now an Amazon yes. Studios yeah. thing, and yeah. it obviously started out sci-fi, but now it was, you know, for the last three seasons has been, you know, an Amazon Studios production. Uh-huh. It, it seems like that that that's still going well, like people still love The Expanse. Does that give you hope?
1: <laughs> my trust isn't with Amazon, it's with BioWare. Okay. You know, like I and I'm interested to watch Real of Time and I'm interested to watch um the Game of Thrones series to see what Amazon can really do for shows. You mean Lord of the Rings with IPs? Lord of the Rings, what did I say?
0: You said Game of Thrones.
1: Oh, sorry, Lord of the Rings. Um I'm interested to see what they can do with IPs mm-hmm. that are so popular. Uh but yeah, I mean my my issue is with Bioware, it's not with Amazon. And I just don't trust their vision if that makes sense i don't know that their vision is aligned with my vision from what their original vision, vision was it's really weird to say
0: gotcha have you started watching wheel of time or no
1: uh no i wanted to start watching it this weekend but we just didn't get around to it so that'll be my goal this week is to try to find some time to watch Wheel of time gotcha
0: awesome um i yeah, I, I intend to like. You obviously love Mass Effect way more than I do, um. But I would at least watch whatever they create, right? Whether it'll be good or not, who knows? But I, i like obviously too, like when the Last of Us show comes out, which my goodness, the number of like set photos right. from that show that have leaked all over <laughs> the place, goodness gracious! Uh, but even back in the day when we had pitched like our own shows for things. Uh, I, I always wanted them to explore something that wasn't the game and that yeah. is really what i like for mass effect as well but i feel like the the safe bet is to do the game right like that is the safe bet yeah um so i anticipate that's what they'll likely do um i was going to ask whether you thought we got this television show or the next mass effect game first
1: that's TV show for sure <laughs> But, no question
0: <laughs> well the tv show isn't even official yet so we'll have to wait and see
1: <laughs> but, I, I stand by what i said <laughs>
0: <laughs> gotcha okay awesome okay and then the, my second you know topic 1.5 here uh so epic games announced that they have acquired harmonics uh yeah <laughs> josh what was your feeling uh, when you heard about this acquisition.
1: Honestly, I didn't care. Apparently everyone else was so worried on the internet. I'm like, what is the last game you remember Harmonix Monarch's doing? Fuser. Oh, Fuser, right. Which was cool. <laughs> the game cool. they gave up on before they released it. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I mean, I love Harmonix. I really do. In fact, one of the reasons why I love Ragnarok so much is because it reminds me of Rock Band. Which will always be uh, Harmonix' best game and really only game. <laughs> uh, as much as I love some of the projects they've done, they have this—I don't want to say it, there's just this thing where there's tendency to that they. I don't want to say they abandon them because that comes across as like dismissive, but it appears that they abandon their games. Um, after a certain amount of time besides Rock Band.
0: I was like, yeah, they're still doing Rock no, Band. No, Rock the Band,
1: uh, their support has been phenomenal, but the problem with Rock Band is they are not supporting it on a peripheral level and you can't play their game unless you have a 15-year-old piece of technology that they stopped selling 10 years ago. You cannot buy a Rock Band guitar unless you buy it out on eBay.
0: And they're so expensive. They're like $174 for
1: something that's used.
0: Yeah, they're really
1: expensive. And that's one of the things that I'll never understand between um, um, Guitar Hero and Rock Band, why they never just released more peripherals. I don't understand that. And I don't think I'll ever understand that because they could sell them now. I would play Rock Band today. No question. I would have no issues. I I saw this Rock Band VR. I was like, oh my god, I'm buying it. They're like, you need a guitar. I'm like, what? How do I get it? Well, they don't sell them. Well, how do I right. get it? Well, you can't get it. Well, why are they still selling the game? <laughs> so, uh, I I don't know. Like, Epic owning harmonics really doesn't. My bar doesn't move an inch. I'm like, actually, if anything, it moves down an inch. <laughs> like, what? Uh, you bought a dead company wow you can, okay. get, you can get fuser for like 10 bucks at like no you can get fuser for like five bucks at like the five below stores that are out here
0: yeah i, I don't know i thought fuser was a cool game though
1: it was i agree it was a cool game but apparently they just didn't i don't know either supported or promoted or whatever I the issue
0: I think they're still supporting Fuser. Like, I think they're still releasing content for it. I so, don't and that's know that not a
1: promoter to well then. <laughs> yeah,
0: I think they're, I mean, I think their biggest game that, like, recently that flopped was Autica, which was their VR, like, pistol rhythm game.
1: Sure, and I don't even know what that is. <laughs> yeah,
0: so, yeah, but um, for me, I, Harmonix is the, the studio that, i always want to see succeed but i've done the least amount to help succeed if that makes sense like i sure. always loved the fact that harmonics existed but and like i said like drop mix was great i, yes, I really enjoyed I what drop i mix. played yeah enjoyed what i played diffuser love rock band you know like really enjoy all of those things uh but i when i heard this like my heart was just sad <laughs> like that a studio like harmonics like can exist probably without being acquired by Epic. And so if this was the only way for harmonics to continue to do what they're doing, yeah. then that's great. I'm glad that like nobody lost their job like that. Everyone still has, can work all that stuff. I am just very bummed that this basically means they're just going to be making content for Fortnite. And that bums me out.
1: Also, I'm sure people lost their jobs at harmonics. You think so? Yeah. I don't think they kept the whole staff. If I, them. I, I think,
0: think they, so. Well, yeah, I mean, I would assume so. Or if, if layoffs happened, they'd probably be way less severe than they were going to be.
1: Oh, sure, sure. Then so. yeah, if they were going out of business, of course, yeah.
0: Yeah, sure. and who, and like again, that's complete speculation. Who knows? They might have been very healthy still financially. I have no idea, but yeah. based off of you know the recent success of their or the success of their most recent games, that would be surprising if they were doing super well financially. So. All right, so yeah, so look forward to your new harmonics content in some Fortnite metaverse <laughs> music Travis Scott something, I'm sure uh, oh, in yeah. the future. <laughs> All right, Josh, what is your second topic this
1: week? All right, so I thought uh, we'll do this, uh, I, we can do this brief uh, but I thought we just in some support for something that uh, that as I wrote either we take for granted or we just don't talk about it enough or both. Uh, recently uh, well, at, at We saw a Xbox 20th anniversary stream where they showcased a uh, heaping load of new um, backwards compatible games, kind of essentially stating unofficially, officially that they're not supporting, they're not doing backwards compatible games anymore, which is kind of true. It's kind of up in the air. But um, what that does come with is... When you see now, when they say Xbox 360 games are backwards compatible, some of those games are actually coming with a f- FPS boost, uh, which uh, is either under-marketed or just marketed to the right people. I'm not really sure that case, but there are games out there that are now boosted to 60 frames per second that were originally 360 games running at 30 frames Um Digital Foundry does have a video out there. You are free to check it out. But really, all I wanted to do in this, uh, uh, was meant to just be really quick, uh, coverages. Um, I think it's important to know that if you're currently gaming on an Xbox, uh, series system, even, even, uh, perhaps the 1X supports it as well, um, you can play some of these games that you are very fond of at either 30 frames 4K or 60 frames 4K or 1080 depending on the games um on your console right now especially games that you might already own from previous like games of golds um or even on game pass uh games so now there's a few there's like some games you could check out easily just from like, scrolling through this article like um, a lot of the Far Cries and Gears of War games, to Titanfall, Battlefield One, Four, and Five, uh, Mirror's Edge, um, Dark Souls, et cetera. There's a lot of games that are are um fully uh, functional with this. And one of the games I was excited about was um, Dead Space because there were there was this um, leak that Cap like people noticed that there were queued updates for certain 360 games that people had saved on their hard drives or whatever before this event, and nobody really knew what they were. They were pretty small updates, like 400 megabytes. Um, so we didn't, you know, people really didn't know what to expect, but really uh, what it was was this like, mark for, hey, we're getting you guys this this update, uh, for this FPS boost to, depending on what you're playing on, quality boost as well. So and, and maybe you can speak to this on the PlayStation front. I'm not trying to sell them short on um I know some of their games are uh do play better on PS5 but I don't maybe I just don't know if it's marketed as well but I think this is a pretty a pretty awesome thing that they're doing that Xbox and PlayStation honestly don't have to do this isn't yeah. something that when you buy an extra console that you're expecting um I think it's one thing in the past where we talked about backwards compatibility. that's a big deal, but I don't know that we've ever expected um quality boosts. we just kind of want to play the games we own on our new systems, so I think it's something that we we kind of forget about or at least we don't talk about too much on this. Um, is these um, future enhancements for games that we maybe never expected to get this quality of life expansion to.
0: Well, and I think that's just how Xbox is approaching that differently, right? Because a lot of the things you're talking about are games that are 360 generation games that you can't play PS3 games on a PS5. Right. So, you know, there are there a, there's a like, especially they're on, I think on Reset Era, there's like a huge list of like, all PS5 games that have or all PlayStation 4 games mostly that have like performance boosts on PS5. And there's actually quite a few like I mean, it is a pretty lengthy list. But, uh, you know, there's nothing in comparison, though, to like what Xbox is doing with older games, because PlayStation, frankly, just isn't doing it. Um, and, you know, I, this is one of those things that I think is really, really nice. And I think is really cool that they're doing. I, you know, even when talking to people who are like, oh, I'm going to go jump back in. I, I don't know many people who have jumped back in and completed playing a game based off of these benefit <laughs> right. features. they jump back in. They're like, oh, yeah. look how cool this is. And then they stop playing the game. Right now. Right. That's not to say that this shouldn't happen. It's very cool that they're doing it. Uh, I, I, it's just one of those things that like, it is. Xbox does a great job at continuing to add value to what they're offering, and to continue to show support and care for their historic catalog in a yeah. way that both Nintendo and PlayStation are not. Um, so it, it is something that they really do need to be commended for. It is something that they are showing uh, a great interest in continuing to do, and I hopefully the other systems, excuse me, um, take some lessons from this moving forward. I just don't know, like, fortunately or unfortunately, like, they haven't been forced to yet. Yeah. Um. You know, like, the most recent sales numbers that are floating out there that are <laughs> obviously still rumors have PlayStation 5, like, significantly outselling the Series X now with the holiday numbers from Thanksgiving series S was looking pretty darn good. Yeah. Um, but again, that's all, I mean, which is great, but also there's such a su- huge supply constraint on everything. It's really hard to know what those numbers truly would be. I was, Walmart, was as available as possible. I was Walmart so, Today
1: they had 15 series S's in the cabinet and no other consoles period. Right.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I think that's just the thing is that I think the series S is a sneaky good machine. It was yeah. a brilliant decision by Microsoft. Um, And I think that this holiday, especially, that's showing – it. that's um, really uh, paying dividends for them. Now, even just the fact that if you think about it, like – and this is just one of those nerdy, like, retail worker things, like, you can fit twice as many of those on a pallet. Oh, yeah. You know, (laughs) like, just even something as simple as that, like, that is a huge difference. Like, literally one pallet is twice as many consoles um, just because of the size of it, you know. So, it. Yeah, I like I said I I hope that PlayStation and Nintendo frankly um do catch on to this but at this point I don't think they're going to until they're unless they're made to and I don't see that happening anytime soon. I hope to be pleasantly surprised. Um but it's very cool how Xbox is supporting um the back catalog of their games and just other games that have been on their system for sure.
1: Yeah, definitely agreed
0: sorry i got really distracted because like when i clicked on the article there was another article linked to it that was uh, talked about like cheating in halo infinite already becoming a problem on pc don't look at that. <laughs> <laughs> so i got distracted very quickly and, the, uh, and console players are already asking if they can please turn off crossplay because you don't have the option to right now like you cannot disable yeah. crossplay in halo infinite so um yeah there are people are already asking for it and some of those wall hacks and, and aim bots that they're using are pretty bad. Holy goodness gracious. So, Anyway, sorry.
1: Don't let it but, get to you.
0: <laughs> such is the nature of multiplayer shooters. Yeah. So that's, yeah, that's just an everyone problem. But okay, cool. Anything else about uh <laughs> FPS boost and all of those nice things?
1: Uh, no, but, you know, well, I guess, I guess, kind of. Uh, I would say this. Uh I did notice that um fable seems to have a pretty favorable boost and it Mm -hmm. might make me want to jump back into fable just to play it a little bit because i kind of miss fable but i also feel like i'll probably be like the same person you said where i'll play (laughs) it for 20 minutes and then i'll be like i'm done
0: (laughs) (laughs) but you know what the fact that you can do that though like that's not it's awesome you can do that right like you have the ability to do that there's nothing wrong with that like it's a nice option to have. yeah absolutely because sometimes you just want to get a taste of something again you know Awesome. All right. So my final topic this week uh, is. A couple of weeks ago, we talked about the nominees for the Golden Joystick Awards. I did. Well, the Golden Joystick Awards happened because they don't have Thanksgiving over there in England, so they just went ahead and did the Golden Wait. Joysticks.
1: <laughs> they, I thought everyone has Thanksgiving. No, no
0: Josh, not everyone. Not oh, everyone. Weird. I'm on Canada. The of my own did it like a month ago. So, <laughs> <laughs> but um, so the Golden Joystick Award winners were announced. So I just thought we'd kind of go through these here briefly and just yeah. Uh, See what Talking our about thoughts what they
1: were. Got wrong? <laughs> yeah,
0: well, and I think we—I looked at the list quick. I think we predicted everything perfectly. So good job, us. I mean, no, we got them I mean, all
1: right. We are perfect.
0: <laughs> so, so the Golden Joystick Award winners for 2021, uh, best storytelling, went to Life is Strange: True Colors. Nice. Sound good. Nice. I, okay. Cool. I guess
1: I didn't play it. So.
0: Yeah. Cool. Uh,
1: well, here's the not 12 minutes.
0: This. <laughs> I know not 12 minutes, right? Uh, here's the frustrating thing about this is that they don't have the winners and the nominees like on a single page anywhere Except that I can find. <laughs> Yeah, so it's like, well, I, I wanna I can't remember what everything was compared against, so and they're not in the same order like on their two pages, like they're it's like, not please true. forget. They're like, I think this
1: calls for uh good old fashioned Josh reaction.
0: <laughs> yep, that's what I was gonna say. So Josh, here's gonna oh, come Josh, just okay. tell me your reaction to all these. <laughs> so uh best multiplayer game, it takes two. Nailed it. Best audio, resident evil village, spoopy. <laughs> best visual design, ratchet and clank Rift apart. Uh huh. Best game expansion: Ghost of Tsushima, Iki Island.
1: Iki Island.
0: (laughs) Mobile game of the year: League of Legends, Wild Rift. What's that? (laughs) Best gaming hardware: PS Five. Duh. Best indie game: Yes,
1: controller or (laughs) PS (laughs) Five.
0: Well, I think they said PS Five because you have to have that for the controller to work. Yeah. Uh, best indie game: Death's Door.
1: Not my house uh
0: Studio of the Year, Capcom. How? Best Performer, <laughs> Maggie Robertson for Lady D in Resident Evil Eight.
1: For less than one hour of work.
0: <laughs> Breakthrough Award,
1: Housemark. Great job.
0: Best Game Community, Final Fantasy 14 No way. <laughs> Still Playing Award, Final Fantasy 14
1: Who is?
0: PC Game of the Year, Hitman Three. That came out on PC. Nintendo Game of the Year, Metroid Dread.
1: (laughs) Sure.
0: (laughs) Xbox Game of the Year, Psychonauts 2.
1: Just as realistic as Metroid Dread.
0: (laughs) PlayStation Game of the Year, Resident Evil Village.
1: That's stupid.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Most Wanted Game, Elden Ring.
1: The One Ring.
0: (laughs) To Rule Them All, Critics' Choice Award, Deathloop.
1: Okay, I get that one.
0: Ultimate Game of the Year, Resident (laughs) Evil Village.
1: Donnie Donnie is so mad right now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Ultimate Hardware of All Time, Josh. PC.
1: What what kind of award is this?
0: (laughs) And Ultimate Game of All Time, Dark Souls.
1: No, oh hell no. (laughs) What a stupid way to have, what a stupid category.
0: Yeah, it's that's a little interesting. They were doing like Ultimate some... Game
1: of All Time Dark Souls. Now I'm mad. I'm mad at the end of this.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was I think it was like some anniversary thing they were doing for
1: Yeah, we did not cover ultimate anything when we did the award, so that yeah, must have the been hardware, the all time, hardware of all time at the end.
0: <laughs> Yeah, like okay, ultimate hardware of all time, PC, like I guess because you would be like, Well, PC can play anything from any time. Yeah, sure. but
1: that's not the case because the hardware changes every six weeks on PC.
0: Yeah. And I don't know that you're playing a whole bunch of three eighty six games on your PC these days, but maybe also, they're capable of it. So
1: the ultimate hardware of all time is the Dreamcast.
0: True. That, that's a valid, that'd be a valid <laughs> pick. I would maybe have gone with like Jaguar, but yeah. Oh
1: boy, I don't know that you should put this in the same category. <laughs> um
0: but ultimate game of all time, Dark Souls. Really? Super like,
1: Mario Brothers three.
0: I don't know that Dark Souls is the <laughs> ultimate game of all time.
1: No, it's it's inaccessible to 70% of the gaming population. <laughs> and... Ultimate game of all time. Uh, putting nails in your hand. <laughs> Wait, over volleyball? Yeah. <laughs> Just take this nail and use a hammer. It's pretty easy.
0: <laughs> I... I, I I say this with as much love and affection in my heart as I can, but I don't know that there is a more exhausting fan base for games than the Dark Souls fan base.
1: Yeah. Or divisive. (laughs)
0: Like it just, (laughs) I appreciate how passionate they are, but it, it always like baffles me that the idea of like the introduction of like difficulty levels or anything like that was somehow like, dramatically affect their experience with the game when it's not like we would require you to play it on easy. Just having that option available somehow would just be so. Insulting. Yeah. And I just don't, I just really don't understand it. I just, I just don't. But yeah,
1: I recently got into a discord spat about (laughs) who, 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 why do you care if someone plays dark souls on easy? You will never experience them playing it. You play it how you want to play it. Like, right. (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, and I just I was um and honestly for me, it's not even the I don't even care about the game being personally for me, I don't care about the game being hard like and i I recognize yeah. that the accessibility discussion is a whole different discussion to have around it. It's just that like for me, it's not like an accessibility issue of like I'm never gonna ha- be good enough to do this it's an accessibility issue of like I don't have this much time to bang my head against the wall until I get it figured out like i I just sure. don't you know like if this boss is going to take me 3 hours like i'm glad that you have the 3 hours to invest in making that happen i just don't have that much time for my gaming um and it's just like this like badge of honor that like i could figure it out like if you are a dark souls player who has beat the game on like by using like a rock band guitar or a ddr <laughs> pad like the 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 conga drums from like DK the Donkey Kong conga drums, like I respect all those people hardcore, but like, do you? I, I do, I really do, like, <laughs> those the Donkey people Konga like,
1: drum, like, yeah, why?
0: like, if you if you beat that game that way, um, then I totally respect you, but like, yeah, it just I really really struggle with like the idea that Dark Souls is like this thing that we hold up, and I'm excited about Elden Ring, I actually really am excited about Elden Ring, I
1: enjoyed what I played, I will say, you know,
0: that. but like. Yeah, like I liked, and like, I said, I, lo- I really enjoyed Bloodborne. I thought Bloodborne was great. I haven't played a ton of the other uh, Dark Souls games. I want to play Demon Souls here eventually. But yeah, just ultimate game of all time. No Kyle, thanks.
1: I'm going to go ahead and ask, are you okay if we do a joint homework for next week where you don't have to do it now, but next week we give each other the same homework where... Uh, we both have to play Demon Souls. Yeah, I'm fine with that. On the PS5. Yeah, let's do it. So when you're talking, so something that this makes me think of is, are we just old? Because yes. I'm thinking about NES, right? NES, mm-hmm. every NES game is basically every Dark Souls game. Yeah. Uh, we didn't have saves. No. Nope. We had to pause the game or just not. And then we had to keep going back. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, *Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles* game, obviously one of the games that I remember um, constantly trying to beat. Uh, *Bart Simpson* versus the Space Mutants. Like, mm-hmm. there's a lot of specific NES games I remember being notably hard. But when I was that age, I didn't have anything else to do. I didn't have a job. I didn't. Right. I didn't like have to go outside and participate in social uh, skills. Um. And I'm not using that as like a deflection of why you can't do it now, but I'm also a dad now and husband now and I work a full-time job. Um, And I have three hours of gaming time free for me per night. Sometimes right. not every night because uh, sometimes I record a podcast. I'm on a guest on the podcast. We record another monthly podcast.
0: Right. I have to
1: like spend time with my wife. So really it comes down to like three hours a week of gaming yeah. time. So uh, maybe I think maybe the Dark Souls thing misses my radar because of age or responsibility. And I don't want that to come across as a slam to younger kids who don't have responsibility because I know plenty of people who are older who play these games. Right. But for me to play a Dark Souls game, I really think I would need an easy mode because yeah. that's how I play my games now. For the most part, some games I still play has the g- generic difficulty and some games we play now don't let you change the difficulty. Um, which is actually a burden lifted off my shoulders whenever I start a game and I don't have to choose. I'm like, okay, I'm just playing this game as it is. Uh, So maybe that's the case for the Souls games, but coming full circle back to Ultimate Game of All Time, there's no way that Dark Souls is the game. Yeah. It is not something that... Ultimate game of all time, in my opinion, needs to be something that everyone can play. And Dark Souls prides itself, and this isn't even the developers; it's the fans, on a game that not everyone can play.
0: Well, I, for me, it's not even that the ultimate game of all time has to be something that everyone can play. I just think there's way better games that are more deserving than Dark Souls. Yeah, like even I, my I agree. Fa- <laughs> like even like my favorite games. I would say there's games more deserving than like my favorite games even, right? Like
1: every I, game on our list that we've done right now for our games rankings is probably mm-hmm. better than Dark Souls in my well, opinion.
0: Well, I don't know if everyone. Maybe is. The,
1: maybe the bottom two isn't great, <laughs> but most of them.
0: Yeah, cuz like like even if you're like uh Portal 2.
1: Better than Dark Souls. Yes. You
0: know, like I you know, <laughs> just something off the top of my head.
1: Mortal Kombat 3 Ultimate Edition better than Dark Souls. <laughs>
0: yeah maybe i don't know but and like i said no <laughs> offense if you love dark souls i'm glad that you love it if that's your thing that's awesome I, i'm glad that uh you have found a passionary in video games yeah. that is great good for that you is super great uh it just i i really struggle with with ultimate game of all time being dark souls so
1: shouldn't even be a category to be honest
0: that's true it is a really <laughs> weird category so even
1: yeah. if you have to put ultimate in front of it like you could have just put game all time. No one even has that category. You had to put all yeah. time. <laughs> so,
0: cool. All right, so that is it for that topic too. With that we're going to move on to prediction time. Obviously, we record on Sundays and post on Tuesdays, yeah. so but we want to try to guess any of the big news that we missed that gets broken on Monday. So, Josh, what do you think is going to happen between now and when this episode posts?
1: I'm going to double down on this until it happens. Uh which I guess would be tripled down next week uh, two weeks from now. Um uh, maybe I was a little hesitant after they re- we got the, I would say, quote unquote, stealth drop of Halo multiplayer. Mm-hmm. But even even Halo multiplayer, as fun as it is, is a broken version mm-hmm. of Halo multiplayer. In fact, the first week it came out, there was only like what two maps available just because they stuck beta on the end.
0: Yeah. All
1: that says to me is they were too lazy to remove beta from the title because <laughs> when they announced it, they didn't say beta. They just said Halo multiplayer is out.
0: I think they said beta.
1: Did they? Well I, I must have did, yeah. blanked it out from my memory.
0: Yeah, I think they did.
1: Um based on everything we're seeing from the multiplayer, I cannot imagine that the Halo campaign is finished. <laughs> and I know how bad that sounds for me to say that. But I'm gonna stick to my bet that Halo campaign will be delayed. Um by a week or a month, I don't know, but it will be delayed. Uh because we're almost what, a week and a half away from the release of Halo which I yeah. can't see happen.
0: The 8th, I think.
1: Yeah. So that's, yeah, so I can't see that happen.
0: All right. Halo campaign delayed. Josh is sticking to his guns here. It's a um, February. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> start in
1: there.
0: I think we're going to get... Um, so there's been a whole bunch of purported uh, speculative thoughts on what's going to be at the Game Awards. Like things are really exactly. starting. I think we're, I think we're going to get like a, a a big leak of something that is going to be leaked on Monday. That will get the official announcement of it at the Game Awards. Sure. Um, I think that's what we're going to get because there's been so many things that have been close, um, that. But we'll see. I think we're going to get a, a like a leak, and then it's going to be substantiated by like people in the know of like, yeah, this is true. It's probably going to happen at the Game Awards type of a deal. So. <laughs> cool.
1: Do you think they'll announce Blizzard has new leadership at the Game Awards?
0: <laughs> we'll see. We'll Co- see.
1: Kodak Co- 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 has stepped down.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, oh, man, that would have be been a good prediction that Bobby Kodak is, is that he's out. That's yeah. not going to It doesn't nah, seem like that that's going to happen. <laughs> no. Uh, do you want to read policy email or are we going to push it off? Yeah, we
1: got to read ah, okay. No, we can read do it. We? We it's
0: up to you, Josh. It's your decision.
1: I think the longer we push it out, the more less sense the email will make, so that could be well, funny. Well, let's
0: do it. Let's do yeah. it.
1: Paul, sorry. Um, we didn't have time for Paul's email this week. <laughs> we'll get to it next week. I promise. <laughs> sorry, okay. Paul. I mean, Paul's our Matt Damon. Paul got our swag. Paul got our
0: it's true, and forwarded video game his study, email.
1: and I was glad to see him sporting it on social media. Thank you, Paul, for your support, and I promise, next week we'll get to your email.
0: I'm just going to make you have it be one of your topics.
1: Oh, I can make it my topic, sure. Okay. Yeah, I can do
0: that. Because <laughs> we should really read this. Okay. <laughs> uh, with that, then we'll move on to our recommendations for a well-rounded life. Obviously, we're a gaming podcast, but we want to give you one other recommendation. We're currently into this, helping us live that well-rounded life. Josh, what is your
1: recommendation? Okay, Kyle. This is going to be an interesting one for me. Um, so... I'm sure we have covered this in the past, but I'm a big Beatles fan, but I'm not a huge Beatles fan, right? like I'm not the type of person who knows everything about the Beatles. I grew up in a family where we listened to classic rock, and my my parents were Beatles fans, and from there, in Sergeant Pepper, which is my first vinyl I bought, um I have always been a Beatles fan. Um, I admittedly haven't seen any of the Beatles movies. Um, probably just because they weren't accessible to me while I was growing up, or I wasn't interested at the time, besides um Sergeant Pepper, I saw that movie, and I've seen Yellow Submarine, but I haven't seen like the classics um which is you know just the Beatles, so uh seeing that the Beatles get back was on Disney plus and it was a documentary uh I was pretty interested. Seeing that it was over six hours long, I was concerned. (laughs) And I was like, okay. Um, And I've heard a few things about like Hard Day's Night and some other things about how some of the footage was boring and people didn't love it. So I didn't really know what to expect. And uh, over the past uh, four days, they released the three episodes um, a day apart. So the first episode, you know, it culminated to Saturday night where they released it. um I cried watching this out of enjoyment. It has been Dang. a long time since I cried watching something from uh, Elation, or I was like, wow, I know what it feels like to be one of those girls <laughs> at the Beatles concert. <laughs> um it was really so it it, start, it takes place in 1969. So we're getting the Beatles before most people know the Beatles, before their big, huge hits. It is a documentary that is now out now that was originally recorded as a documentary but never released because they didn't think they had interesting content to put out. They filmed over 60 hours of the Beatles in studio session During, spoilers briefly, a Beatle breakup. What could be more exciting than that? (laughs) Uh, It is high definition. They have the film reels. It looks incredible. In fact, it looks so good that I actually had to take a step back and wonder if I was watching recreations by other actors. It looks so good that I had a real hard time understanding what I was watching. Um, Growing up, I didn't really know much about John Lennon or George Harrison, just that they were in The Beatles and they had untimely ends. Uh, Being able to spend six hours with the two of them was incredible. Getting to see how integral Paul McCartney was to The Beatles, where he basically controls everything, was astonishing uh he's incredibly handsome in this by the way with that beard he's rocking Uh, i told my wife that i was like look how handsome he is (laughs) um (laughs) you see so much you see this integration of the infamous fifth beetle um and it all culminates in the rooftop concert uh I, this is the best documentary I've ever seen in my entire life. I haven't seen much better films in general than this. But I have the cave. The caveat is, you have to like the Beatles to agree with me. What I just said. Um, otherwise, it's still a fascinating look. But if you don't love the Beatles, you probably be a little bit bored because it really is brass tacks. It is really down to the gritty. But you know what? I got to watch them write on camera some of the best Beatles songs ever written. And I'm still having a hard time uh, not being emotional while saying that and contemplating what I saw because I've never had access to music that is important to me the way that I have with this documentary is just next level it is so good
0: um this was going to be my recommendation but i haven't finished it yet (laughs) because when i when i knew this project was coming out i was so excited about it and then when i sat down to watch it i was like uh excuse me i did not expect it to be like seven and a half hours long
1: (laughs) also every shot of ringo i feel bad for ringo but they make him look he just in general he just looks (laughs) the most Dopey dour dude ever he to this. Really, but really it's does. so funny. At, at, after hour two, you just start laughing when you see his face. Yeah. Because
0: um, <laughs> but, Yeah. But I will I I do agree. I'm about halfway through episode two. Um, uh, but it, it is exceptional. Like, and you're right, like the quality like when you start, you're like, how do they have this for it's this incredible. long? And like no one was like, hey, we should release this. Cause it's like I mean, it is the most, like, intimate look at the creative process of some brilliant creative people that I think I've ever seen. Like, yeah. it is, it, and it's like, and warts and all, like, it is not flattering oh, often, yeah. Oh, yeah. you know, and it's pretty amazing that even that they were like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> like, whoo, it is. Yeah.
1: And y- Yoko is a big part of it, and I yeah. always find it hilarious. <laughs> uh, there's some good Yoko burns. It's a funny Ringo burn where some they're like... Uh, um uh what do they say uh something like uh but what's Ringo up to and, and like paul's like no one ever knows what Ringo's up to <laughs> just let him do it
0: uh awesome so that's the beatles get back on disney plus uh josh my recommendation this week uh is a netflix film called tick tick boom Hmm. um which is the um feature directorial debut of Lin Manuel Miranda. Yeah. Um starring Andrew Garfield as Jonathan Larson. Now, yeah. listener, if you're not familiar, Jonathan Larson is the person who wrote Rent, the Broadway musical. And Tick Tick Boom was a semi-autobiographical musical he had done prior to rent ever making it big um and this is a biographical musical drama Mm. of tick tick boom basically so i don't it has it contains some parts of what is clearly meant to be a recreation of the stage play but then also intermixed with like what was going on in jonathan's life dramatic reenactments of maybe the uh, dramatic um like tellings of some of the things he's talking about in the play like those sorts of things um if you don't know uh one of the things that is um most tragic about Jonathan Larson and this is told right away so it's not really a spoiler if you didn't know um obviously rent went on to be one of the biggest musicals in history um Jonathan Larson died before it ever was played on Broadway yeah um he died the morning of the first off-Broadway preview of rent so he never saw rent um yeah. done on stage, so with that as the backdrop um this movie is absolutely incredible. Andrew Garfield is amazing, and I will be honest, like and I even get emotional about not like I just cried for like the last half hour of this movie. Wow. it is so good, and I think just knowing as much as I did about him and like his situation and like what. And especially if you're someone who knows what Rent, like, knows Rent really well. For me, it was, like, one of the most, like, impactful musicals of my, like, because it came out in the 90s when I was, like, super into musicals and, like, in in drama and all these things. Like, it's always been a really impactful musical for me. Um, But just knowing as much as I do about that, seeing all of the callbacks and cues and, like, parts of, like, his life that, like, are represented, like, in the musical – Um, and then as a result of that in this film as well it just is really um it's really powerful and when you think about the messages of the musical rent and what then that means for tick tick boom um it's it's just hard to get over um how tragic his death really really was um and and not that you know one person dying is more tragic than another person dying but like with the art he created, it was so impactful to so many people to know that like rent is it like rent is really the last, the only big thing we got from him, but kind of the last thing we'd ever get from him is yeah. just so, so sad. Um, but you can see the groundwork of everything that came by like watching tick, tick, boom, his, his sound that Jonathan Larson's sound is definitely there. And to be honest, like, you know, man, Andrew Garfield, like, is amazing in this film i've always yeah. liked andrew garfield as an actor i think the whole spider-man thing for him is really unfortunate like I <laughs>
1: yeah and for us. The, yeah well he <laughs>
0: but he's a great actor he's such a good actor i like him a lot you know and like yeah hacksaw ridge and 99 homes and social network like he's done some amazing roles and he's mm-hmm. just so good um but like he um is on another level when it comes to this performance so yes if you have any interest in musicals at all because this is still a musical there's a ton of music in it um um i i highly recommend it it's it's excellent like genuinely i'm like i feel like andrew garfield should be nominated for an oscar for this like he's exceptional and he's so so good Um, but that's tick tick boom on netflix hey josh what do you say we wrap this show up
1: look at us a couple of sad sacks over here i know right Thanks for joining us, everyone. In addition to finding us on Twitter and Instagram at Board of the Fiji, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Board of the Fiji. So feel free to give us a five-star rating over there. Also, if you want to communicate in the more long form, just not feeling social media, please feel free to email us at Board of the Fiji at gmail.com, just like Matt Damon. And we tag ourselves with hashtag Board of the Fiji. So please feel free to use that hashtag as well on all social medias. And whatever podcast service you're listening to us on, we encourage you to give us a stellar rating. That is, whether you're downloading us from the Daily Tower Network feed or the Board with Video Games feed, uh, we're on Google Podcasts, we're on Spotify, we're on Apple Podcasts, we're on uh, Pocket Cast, we're on everything. So you can find us. There. So please give us a great rating if you can. You can find me at Why So Serious? as S I R R I U S on Xbox Live, PlayStation Network and Steam. So if you want to play some Halo with us, hit us up. If you want to play some Forza with me, hit us up. If you want to play some uh whatever Kyle's playing on PlayStation, hit him up at
0: Psychocross. That's C Y C O C R O S S. That is on PlayStation as Josh mentioned, but also on Xbox Live, Board Game Geek, Twitter, Instagram, all those places, all the same handle. As always, if you have suggestions for future topics, be sure to reach out to us on the social media because we want to talk about what you want to hear about. Um, we are getting towards the end of the year, so we will be doing our favorite games and all that good stuff coming up. We will also be wrapping up... Um,
1: MetaFall! Metafall. <laughs> yeah, so that will be coming
0: to an end here as well. So we'll make sure that we do the culminating episode for that prior to us taking some time off for winter break slash the holidays. Uh, but we obviously will still have episodes every week during that. So don't worry, you'll have content. Um, But yeah, so we'll get that wrapped up as well. But if there are other things you want us to cover, let us know. And remember everyone, whether it be board games or video games, never stop gaming.